Welcome to Traders Corner. Joining me as always is Garth McKenzie, founder and editor of Traders Corner. Garth, welcome. Oh, Garth, um, you are resolute on option structures and we're going to get to that in a moment. But the S&P 500 finally seems to have uh, um, pulled back a little bit, which is uh, uncommon, shall we say, in this incredible year. Um, so what kind of action are you seeing on the, um, the, the largest US exchange at the moment? Yeah, it hasn't really pulled back in as much as it just made an interesting reversal candle okay. yesterday. So I think we can't count our, you know, you can't, one swallow doesn't make a summer. Uh, but it is interesting to note that yesterday uh, being uh, Monday formed this bearish engulfing candle, which is quite unusual on the, on the S&P 500 for the last number of months. Mm. Uh, this market just continues to grind higher and higher and higher very very slowly very controlled no volatility to speak of whatsoever uh, but yesterday we did get a rather big bearish engulfing candle and what that is effectively where the market opens higher on the day but then by the end of the session the sellers push the market lower so much so that the the daily candle engulfs the body of the prior day's candle and what's quite interesting to note about it yesterday's is the fact that it, there was a gap up last week mm -hmm. into Friday and then we see this big reversal candle okay. yesterday so the question one might ask is was that possibly an exhaustion gap on Friday followed by the big move lower and I say big move low, it wasn't a big move low. It, it was, was just it was a half, move lower. It was a move low, it was half a percent, which is nothing. But um, but nevertheless, the fact that you got that reversal candle is interesting. Uh, th that's all it is, it's interesting. I can't say that that necessarily turns us bearish or anything like that, but it's interesting to note. You can still see that this upward trend that began in uh, late August is still very much intact at the moment, but that's a steep trend. That, yeah. that trend is probably too steep to be sustained all the way into the end of the year. In fact, I projected that trend out to the end of December, and if we had to continue continue to hug that trend line all the way out to the end of December, it would put the S&P 500 at close to 2800, which is probably unlikely wow. in such a okay. short space of time. So it just shows you how steep that trend line is. And the likelihood is that we will probably see that trend line being broken to the downside at some stage fairly soon, and then maybe set in some, some consolidation. There is still a gap down at 2460, which has not been closed. And the theory is that these gaps generally do get closed on the S&P 500. So I suspect that that will still get closed at some point in time. Uh, but but not immediately anyway. But you'll see later in the show, we're going to talk about an option structure, which we're doing out to December, which may look to take advantage of some sort of a pullback at some stage. In terms of the option structure that we've been running out for the October expiry, it expired this last Friday yes. on the 20th of October. You can see the payoff on the right hand side over there. So that one would have only worked for us if the market had closed, uh, expired below 2490, uh, which it clearly did not do. It. So we, we end up losing our premium there. So we lost $240 on that trade. It's not the end of the world. We had accounted for that loss anyway. Mm. And um, we, we're going to roll it into another structure, which we'll talk about later in the show. Okay. Um, and you also want to talk about the local markets uh, because you've got options against it uh, pulling back too. Yeah, that's right. Look, these options are so far out of the money at this <laughs> stage that I'm not really holding my hat that we're going to make money on this either. Um, it's th the market, the top 40 future at the moment seems to be range bound between 52,000 and 52,600. Mm. That's the range for the moment. So if we were to see a push out through 52,600, that could spark a short squeeze, which might see the market pushing into further new high territory. Alternatively, if we did see it starting to break below 52,000 convincingly, then then there's a possibility that we could see a little bit of a deeper pullback there, maybe towards 51 or even 50,500, maybe where there's a bit of support. So I think those are the levels to watch in the immediate future in terms of the, the range that we're following. In terms of the option structure, it's so far out of the money that it's almost uh, pointless even looking at it at mm -hmm. the moment. 
49,500 is where that structure would move into the money for us. It's, what, 3,000 points away from current levels, so it's miles away. And at this stage, it looks in all likelihood like this also will probably expire worthless for us at the end of the year. Yeah, but these are insurance policies to some extent, So um, and the, the, the cost is taken up front. Yes. Um, Garth, uh, last week was a, a pre-recorded sort of educational show. Um, the week before that, um, you entered a trade in uh, the gold price, um, the dollar gold price. Mm. How's that worked out? Well, I've, I've closed it out this week, and I'll explain why. So the, here's the charts of the gold price at the moment. What interested me when we did this trade two weeks back was the fact that it had reversed up off the 61.8% retracement of that entire rally from July up until early September. It then retraced quite sharply, and it reversed up off of that Fibonacci retracement level. So that got me interested, and mm -hmm. it, it caused me to want to go out and buy the gold price, which I did. We went and bought an effective exposure to 10 ounces of gold at $1,282 an ounce. And at that stage, I said my stop loss will be below 12.58, which is effectively the lowest point of that reversal uh, that we saw uh, before the, the recent little bounce over here. Now, the trade got off to a fairly good start. It yeah. did move higher. It moved up to about 13.08. Where, they, where it met a bit of resistance. And you can see at the underside of the 50-day moving average, it actually seems to have failed there now and begun to turn lower. And the 50-day moving average in the last day or two has actually begun to take on a slight negative bias. Mm. So I'm not entirely happy with that. And given that, I've actually decided to exit this trade. And I've also decided to exit it because the US dollar looks as if it might be poised to go stronger. And we'll look at the next slide to explain that a little bit more carefully. But what I've basically done here is I've closed out this trade at 1281. So it, it that's $1 less than what we paid for it two weeks back. It means we lose $10, which is, is really meaningless. But, uh, but you know, frustrating, it, isn't it? Well, it is, but it's, we don't, you know, it's not, a, not much money to lose. It's mm. frustrating in the sense that it's not, we're not making good money out of it. Mm. But you've got to adapt to the market you see. And, and, and you can't wish the market to do what you want it to do. You've got to respond to whatever the market is doing. And um, I, I just look at this and it gets me a little bit concerned. I suspect we might go and revisit those recent lows that we saw in the gold price. And if that 61.8% retracement area were to go to the downside, then that possibly could even bring a, a lower gold price in down at about $1,200 an ounce even. Yeah. So I'd rather be out of the trade if it's not doing what I hoped it would do. And I suppose if there were any lesson from last week's show, it's trade what you see. Don't trade in the hope that it's going to do what you want it to. Correct. Uh, exactly. Because so the market doesn't care what I want it to do. I've got to respond and do what I think is correct according to what the market is presenting me with. Yeah. Okay. Well, tell, uh, talk us through your thoughts on the, the dollar and particularly why you think it might be um, heading for a bit of a rally. Yeah. So this is the US dollar index, which is a, a index that tracks the US dollar against the US major trading partners effectively. So the big one here is the US dollar euro pair um, and then the others are made up like dollar pound, dollar Swiss franc, uh, dollar Swedish krona and the also Canadian dollar and the, and the yen of course. And there's six of them that mm -hmm. make up this currency uh, index. In any case, what it's doing here is it looks to me like it's making an inverted head and shoulders pattern. Uh, the, the 94 area on the US dollar index would be the neckline of that inverted head and shoulders structure. And if we start to see that US dollar index pushing out above 94, then that would validate the inverted head and shoulders structure, which would then point to further dollar strength to a level of 97 on the US dollar index. Um, if that were to happen and we were to see dollar strength, that would most likely weigh on the gold price. And it's one of the reasons why I'm not that keen to, to stay long of the gold price uh, as we had it on the, on the portfolio. Yeah. Um, but this also weigh on the RAND, so I suppose you know, that's a 
possible trade that you could look to enter. Yeah, in other uh, words, long correct. Dollar if, short if rand. Absolutely. If the dollar starts to break stronger here, then in, in all likelihood, you will probably find the rand remains on the back foot as well, and the rand would probably move weaker in that instance. So while this is the backdrop I'm looking at in terms of the US dollar, I'm a little bit uncomfortable to hold a long position in gold, and hence why I've exited that trade. And this in some roundabout way also does tee us up for our next trade in, in, in a certain respect. And it's a, um, another, yes, <laughs> another put spread structure on the S&P 500, the final roll of the dice on one of these structures as we approach the end of the year. Um, this expires on the 15th of December, and we'll see. The phrase uh, that comes to mind is, it's, it's from a book, Jane Eyre, um, where she describes one character as resolute as death. And I think <laughs> that might be you in this case. Garth, now talk us through your thinking here. Um, uh, these haven't been particularly successful this year, but you are resolute in, in putting on another one for the portfolio. Yeah, I am. I, look, this year, I haven't got any of these structures right on the S&P 500. Keep in mind, this is a put spread structure, so effectively it's looking for a pullback in the market. And I'm not looking for a massive pullback. I'm just yeah. looking for a, you know, a, 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 a minor a correction. Pullback. And this year has been extremely unusual in the sense that we haven't had more than a 3% pullback on the S&P 500 for the whole of this year. In fact, since November last year. So we're approaching 12 months now where we haven't had a 3 percent pullback on the S&P 500. The last time that happened was in the year 1914. So we're talking about over 100 years ago. So, so you, know, you can extrapolate that and say, well, effectively, uh, based on history, there was a 1% chance coming into mm. this year that you would see a market that doesn't pull back 3% during the year. And so far, that's what we've got. So yeah. it's been a very, very unusual year. And yes, I've continued to put on these put spread structures, looking for the minor pullback to take advantage of, get a bit of profit on a pullback, and then hopefully use some of that profit to, to uh, enter long trades on the way up. And we just haven't got any of them right. And that's been because the US market has continued continue to grind slowly higher and higher and higher with no volatility to speak of. I don't think that this situation is sustainable forever mm -hmm. and I do think that there's a potential that we may still see a pullback um, at some stage and uh, so hence why I continue to do these put spread structures. Yes we've done them every quarter of this year so far and none of them have worked. They've all expired worthless which meant we've lost a little bit of premium every time we've done one of these trades and it's cost us, there's no doubt about that. But the risk to reward ratio on these things is very, very good. And I guess I would hate to go into the end of the year not having one of these structures on and then we find this is the time when the one actually works and I'm not in it and yeah. I really look like a stupid twit then. <laughs> so okay. so, in, so order to event look, looking, uh, in order to prevent looking like a, a stupid twit, I am doing another one and uh, this one actually has quite nice parameters. Okay, take us through that. So here's the S&P 500 chart. You can see the upward trend is quite well defined over there. We are at fairly lofty levels on this market at, as we are at the moment. And I mentioned the bear, uh, bearish engulfing candle that we saw on Monday. Also take a look at your RSI here. That's the relative strength index. It's been trading up above 70 for the whole of October and mm -hmm. it's now actually just begun to break below 70. Now in technical analysis terms, that's actually an RSI sell signal when you get an RSI that goes above 70 and then crosses back underneath 70. Okay. So we've got a sell signal, we've got a reversal. Could this be the beginning of a potential pullback in the US market? Well, 
we don't know, but let's see. And if it is, I would like to take advantage of that. So what I've done is I've gone into a put spread structure. W this graph over here shows the levels of the S&P 500 along the bottom axis, and then our profit and loss in dollars on the left-hand axis over here. So the first leg that I've done is I've gone long of five put options on the S&P 500 with a strike price of 2560. Mm -hmm. For that, I pay $304 for each of those, okay. which means in total I've paid $1,520. Now that option structure starts to work from 2560 and and lower and then it'll continue to make money all the way to zero. Now the market's not going to go to zero, certainly not between now and December or ever for that matter. So I'd, I'm happy to sell away some of that downside participation in order to recoup some premium so that I don't have to pay away one and a half thousand dollars on, on the naked long put structure here. So what I've done in order to affect that is I've sold some out the money puts. I've sold five contracts of a 2500 strike put. There I've earned $161 in premium for each of those. That means I've earned a total of $805 on those five options. And you can see the payoff over there illustrated. I've got a positive payoff provided the market's above 2,500. I earn that premium. Mm -hmm. Below 2,500, that premium starts to erode. Then I've done another further out the money put. I've sold short a 2,460 put, and there I'm earning $117 on that and it means I earn $585 in total. So if you take all of those together and you overlay them all together then you get a payoff structure that looks like that with that black dotted line over there. If I just tidy it all up a bit this is what you get. So I've paid away $130 in premium in order to affect this structure. $130 is approximately 1% of our capital mm -hmm. that we have at our disposal. In the event that I'm right and the market goes down to 2500 or down to 2460 even, then we make a maximum profit of $2,870. So you can see the risk to reward ratio here is superb. Mm. It's 22 to 1 Jeez. is brilliant. And uh, set against uh, a graph, graph uh, just to wrap up, so here's your S&P 500 chart with the overlay of the option structure on the right-hand side here. So you can see below 2560 is where we start to make our profit. We make our maximum profit below uh, 2500 and down to 2460. We would only begin to lose money below 2400, which is a long way down. It's below the 200-day yep. moving average. So if we see a pullback, just even a 4 or 5% pullback at some stage during the end of this year period, this structure will put us in the money. Yeah. Unfortunately, that's where we have to leave it. The portfolio is essentially unchanged from last week, a $10 loss uh, on that gold trade. Yeah, so, so our local portfolio is still up 10%. There's no change there. And then our, our offshore portfolio still, unfortunately, is down 10%. So it's not looking too yeah. great. But net-net, we're square for the year. Yeah, and let's see what happens with the structure. Garth, I'm sorry to truncate it there. Um, but thanks, as always, for joining us. Garth McKenzie is, of course, founder and editor of Traders Corner.